Week 3. Working with Enlightenment. How often, even before we begin, have we declared a task impossible? And how often have we constructed a picture of ourselves as being inadequate? A great deal depends upon the thought patterns we choose and on the persistence with which we affirm them. Piero Ferrucci We are now at week three. Working through each week, you will have been discovering, or it might be better to say uncovering, parts of yourself. When we have been asleep for so long, waking up can be a confusing and disorienting experience. This week, you are not going to work on uncovering anything more, but rather reaffirming what we have already discovered and doing some self-care. Self-care is extremely important in our field. Depending on what medium of creation suits your personal style best, you may need to work on increasing your fitness or strength, your agility or speed. It is always a good idea to keep up your body maintenance, as not all creative projects are predictable. Even if you prepare thoroughly, things can always go wrong and you will need to be ready and able to react. Self-care is also important for you to be able to construct your mask of mediocrity. Many people in the world are not ready for the kind of art we are going to create, and therefore it is essential that we find ways to mask our true selves until we are ready to display our work to the world. At this point, when you are beginning to understand your true nature, you may be experiencing a whole spectrum of feelings. You could be feeling elated and free in one moment, but then fearful the next. This is normal. You are making a massive change in your life, breaking free from the shackles of conformity, questioning the rules of a controlling society which wants to stop you experiencing your power fully. At points, you will feel wonderful, as if you're finally transforming into your potential, but at the same time scared that you are moving away from what you know, from what has kept you safe but ultimately miserable. It is this emotional turmoil that makes self-care not a luxury, but an absolute necessity in this process. After Agatha's death, I slept for 12 hours. After that, I alternated between masturbating to some of the best orgasms of my life and sleep. I don't know any of the students I was sharing the flat with, and none of them knew me. So there were no awkward questions about my late return home, how long I slept, or why I stayed in my room for several days, only coming out to make tea and eat cereal. You shouldn't pay attention to what they said on the witness stand. They were just out to make money from my fame. I will demonstrate this to you when you read the transcript of the podcast in which they are interviewed later in the book. They didn't care about me, and uh, I was happy with that. It meant I had fewer people on whom to spend my energy pretending. Those days I spent in my small student room were some of the most tumultuous of my life. Even though I hardly set foot outside, my room was bare, with only a few clothes and books I'd brought with me to Edinburgh and a small radio. 
Its walls were magnolia and its carpets beige, like a bland spew of averageness. Last time I had been down, I bought second-hand bedding. The low thread count cotton was worn almost through in places where other people had slept and turned and sweated during their nightmares. Now I was lying in the residue of their bad dreams, at some point feeling a crushing dread of being caught, punctuated with the spiritual ecstasy of reliving the moment. Again and again I replayed when I slid my hand around her warm waist, which would now be lying cold in the water of Leith, the way my muscles tensed as they took the weight of her body, the skin of my hands and forearms abraded as it moved forcefully against the rough, bile-yellow, lichen-covered stone of the bridge. Again and again I replayed the way my arms felt suddenly light as I let go of her and the momentum threw them up slightly, her heels clipping my chin as she went over. And the cry, the long scream she let out as she fell, still echoed through my mind. (coughs) While I enjoyed it, the perfect masturbation soundtrack, it had such texture, such depth to it. Terror mingled with disbelief that was also what was creating the turmoil. What if someone had heard the scream and looked out their window and saw me? What if they were right now giving evidence to the police? Had they even found the body? I didn't know. All these questions, which were impossible to answer, did not stop going around my head. As soon as the last tingles from my orgasm died down, they started to crowd in. I was deathly afraid of being identified and caught. I listened to 4th FM regularly so I could hear any reports of missing tourists or bodies being discovered. There was nothing. I didn't hear a thing. After three days, the questions in my head started to calm down as I realised I couldn't force an answer. I couldn't predict the future and I couldn't make it happen any quicker. From my inexperience and impatience, I learned an incredible lesson. Patience. Patience is the number one thing that you will need if you are going to be a successful creator. You need patience so you can plan well, so you can go through any necessary cooling off period, so you can hold back your urges until you find the right time. I know the question that will be foremost in your mind, what if I can't hold off? This is, uh, it's never been an issue for me, as I'm always fully in control, as you will realise when you read more. However, I am given to understand that those of you who are not as developed as me often struggle with this. If it is really impossible to resist the urge, there are things you can do in the meantime that can give you small moments of relief. Much like the shadow artist, there are ways the true artist can blow off steam while also helping to create the kind of society and atmosphere in which we can thrive. I've listed the whole list and a worksheet where you can write your own on the Patreon. A lot of the things are very small. They're not going to create the chaos and fear and headlines that you want to see. And for some of you, they may not be that satisfying. The goal here, however, 
It's not to fully satisfy your needs. It's to get enough release that you can master patience. Think of them as uh, top-ups, starters before you have your main course and something that may well work to set the scene for one of our brothers later down the line. Believe me, I've often quietly congratulated the fathers, boyfriends, brothers and culture that have helped make my victims stupidly trusting or pathetically submissive, too afraid of appearing weird or rude to run from me when they know they should. Pay it forward. Make life better for all of us. The added benefit is that by doing these things, you can practice your skills of dominance, manipulation and control. It is essential that you practice these on a regular basis. This will mean that you'll be better able to develop and strengthen your skills, develop an eye for opportunities, identify the best victim, identify the best allies and how to manipulate them into perpetuating the culture we need to thrive. If you are going to reach your full potential, it is important that you start to hone and develop your skills, especially that of patience. If you don't have patience, you're going to make stupid mistakes that will get you caught earlier than you intend. If you don't have patience, your career will probably end before you've even had a chance to start to work towards a masterpiece. Masterpieces don't happen overnight. They happen with hard work, skill and learning from your mistakes. I know what you are wondering. What happened to you next, Fox? When did you come out of your room? This was one of the pivotal moments in my development and you should pay attention because you can learn something from it. After three days of doubt, I passed through to the other side. After three days of doubt, I saw the truth. After three days of doubt, of turmoil, I was reborn like Jesus, like Vishnu. I came out of my room a new man. I no longer had any doubt. I could see that doubt was something that my mother, the church and society had placed inside me when I was very young. Possibly because they had some inkling of what I could be and frightened tried to suppress me. More about this in the podcast transcript at the end of this chapter uh, for people on the Patreon. You can find it there. A loyal friend on the outside is transcribing these to be inserted into the book where I consider them relevant. I walked out of that room confident because they announced on the radio that not only had a body been found that morning, but they had already arrested a man and were questioning him. I didn't need to worry. The bungling police would cover my tracks for me. I knew now that I had power. And this was a sign that I was born to use it. It will be the same for you. If you're meant to do something, if it is ordained, then the universe will send you a clear and unambiguous sign. My sign was the arrest of that other man. It confirmed that tasting that ecstasy again was my path. 
to get to a place where you can have this realization, not just intellectually, but spiritually, physically, with your body's energy flow, you need to start with self-care. And I want you to write down a list of things you can do to care for yourself. Because I care for you. I've started off the list. Number one, make sure all your kit, if applicable, is sharp, oiled and in good condition to be used at a moment's notice. Two, make sure you have some beer, wine, spirits or recreational drugs to take for when you are next able to. Doesn't matter how you get them. Three, make sure your body is in the best condition possible so that others will admire you. You'll see in the workbook I've now left some blank and you can fill out your own self-care ideas. The tyranny of should. This tremendous world I have inside of me. How to free myself and this world without tearing myself to pieces and rather tear myself to a thousand pieces than be buried with this world within me. Franz Kafka. Many people will spend a great deal of their creative evolution trying to fit into the mould that they have already decided they should fit into. I'm going to tell you about that. To really evolve into your authentic artist, you need to throw out all the should you have about your creative work. We need to get straight down now to investigating what should is. Should is a terrible word when applied to an artist. It is a barrier, a blame, a cage. It is something that will stop you becoming your authentic self, something you need to break out of. Should is part of the narrative that society uses to put people in a place where society can feel comfortable because society is too cowardly to truly look at those who reflect it back on itself. However, the should we all carry within us can be very different. A woman may feel that she should be a mother. A child may feel they should do well at school. A man may feel he should not go into a career such as nursing because that's what women should do. He may also feel he should wear grey, blue and black or a muted green because men should not be fashion conscious. He should not wear pink or flower prints or bright colours and patterns. He should speak a certain way if anyone is going to listen to him. Of course, all these shoulds don't just work one way. Should is a two-way street. Society also tells people that they should make jokes about male nurses or men who wear pink or flower prints or bright colours and patterns because if they don't, they might be mistaken for the guy, kind of guy who really wants to be a nurse or wear pink or flower prints or bright colours and patterns. And if they are that kind of man, they should also be the butt of the joke. So the first thing to do this week is to find some time and space that is your own. There need be no interruptions, no outside noise. You need to close your eyes and think back to all the shoulds you feel have boxed you in, have stopped you expressing your innermost, most hidden desires and impulses. Below, I have written out a few of my own and yes, you guessed it left some blank spaces for you to add yours. I would stress that this is an exercise which you probably need to take a whole week to do. 
mainly because your memories won't all come back to you as soon as you ask them to. Sometimes they bubble to the surface over a period of time and can only be fully understood once pieced together, a little like a jigsaw. It is impossible for us to be cognizant of everything we have experienced all at the same time. It is likely that our consciousness would shut down under the weight of all that knowledge and information, but we can slowly uncover things. Therefore, be willing to take some time to uncover all and use this double exercise as an exercise also in patience. What you will find is once you start to uncover these barriers that have kept you trapped, kept you away from enlightenment, from finding your true purpose, they will fall away. Hang on there, Maine, you'll be saying right now. What does enlightenment have to do with it? I'll explain. Enlightenment is a word we associate with Buddhist belief, and I first came across it when I was travelling in Thailand. I graduated from Edinburgh University with an honours degree in modern languages. During my time at university, I hadn't attempted anything as daring as I had with Agatha. The experience had taught me that not only could I get away with murder, but that the next time I did it, I would need to be much more careful. I could see that as much as I was a student of languages, I was also a student of crime, and I could not say that uh, I had graduated. While I studied languages during the day, I would also check out books from the library on criminology and psychology. I would devour those books, eating them up, learning as much as I could about the brain and how it works. I was a caterpillar that had climbed into the chrysalis, and I was working through my transformation ready to emerge. Of course, I still needed to commit petty ethical transgressions. I plagiarised essays, I stole things from the handbags girls left in the TV at student bar, then did a light bit of stalking. I made sure that on nights out I danced too close, came on too strong, groped them in a way that meant they couldn't quite be sure what had happened or if anything had happened at all. They would just feel that something was off. Luckily, no one takes off feeling seriously. I enjoyed their looks of confusion, not sure whether my behaviour was just that of a drunk coming on too strong, a red flag for something much more sinister. Of course, it was always the latter. We've just managed to create a society in which women, particularly young women, feel obliged to second-guess themselves. Idiots. It was these small, regular actions that kept me sane over the course of my degree. Those and reliving the night on the Dean Bridge with Agatha. I was amazed at how fresh the memory could feel years later. I could relive it again and again, and it did not seem to wear out or fray. It is true what they say, the first time is the best time. The most heightened, the most vivid, the most exciting... I didn't know it then, but very few kills would bring me as close to the ecstasy I experienced then. The years of frustration and pent-up rage that burst out of me as her body arced through the air, disappearing into the tree-covered ravine below as her scream faded and then stopped. She will never know what a gift she gave me. How I relive that perfect moment again and again and again, and that scream 
that one perfect note of music ran out through my dreams and I would awake sticky and wet. It was like food, like a mythical never-ending pot of porridge. Until it wasn't. At some point, reliving my dalliance with Agatha stopped being enough and I needed something more. Once I graduated, I knew I needed desperately to practice what I had been studying and learning. I wanted Scotland to be the canvas for my masterpiece, so it could not also be where I practiced. It was too likely that I would be caught too early and never get to finish my work. It is important to have a career plan with an ultimate aim and to focus only on your end goal. Anything that does not feed into meeting your goal must be rejected. Without a career plan, you are more likely to bump along from pillar to post, disorganised, chaotic, unable to fully realise your potential. So I went travelling. And you can hear more about that next week.